What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Leo G, and we're back with another edition of the Leo G Show. I am Leo G, and this is what we are doing, podcasting is, is what we do. So we're back. Um, we decided to come back here a little bit later, as normally we try to record before the weekend, but now we are into the weekend, headed back into the work week. Uh, because something special just happened on this past weekend. It was uh, someone's birthday, and so I want to go ahead and introduce <laughs> everybody tonight. Uh, of course, I got the man, none other than the man whose birthday just passed. I want to give a shout out to my man Banks. What's going on, brother? What's going on, brother? Just turned twenty one, feeling great. What's up? Turned twenty one plus thirty. Uh, <laughs> heading over to uh, my ne- <laughs> my next man that's that's with me on this show as well. He needs no introduction. Y'all already know him, man. It's my man Derrico. What's up, brother? What's going on, Leo G? Another episode. Much, another episode. Another episode. That's right, man. We're gonna cr- we can't we cranking them out, man. And this is a reoccurring theme, of course. Uh, we keep saying this um, because we doing the sports. The ATL sports scene is kind of back. We kind of flowed out of COVID, and we have a little more traction as far as sports is concerned. But this episode is gonna be very very special tonight because, like once again. Banks' birthday just passed, and something very, very special happened on Banks' birthday. That was the NFL, the start of the NFL draft. So tonight's podcast is going to be all about the NFL draft. It's going to be nothing but draft talk. So if you came here for soccer, if you came here for baseball, Hawks, fishing, uh, Formula One, that's not what we're talking about tonight. It's going to be all NFL draft, all NFL draft talk, because we got a lot to get into, man, and um, we're going we're gonna to get right into it. So first and foremost, man, before we get started, we're going to do – I don't even really think we got. I got to go around the room and talk. Everybody got on their ATL gear. I got on my young ass Steve Barkowski jersey, as everybody can see, <laughs> with the matching hat. Mitchell and Ness pass it over to Banks. He has on us. Uh, Banks, tell the people what you got on. Uh, just got on the away jersey, Falcons. My personal name on the back. I don't feel like turning around. It says Banks on the back, and it's the away jersey with a a common hat. Derrico, what you got? I went back since we um drafted a tight end in the first round. I had to go back and represent number 83, Crump. So that's a Crumpler jersey. Who? Crumpler. Crumpler, okay. You don't know who Crumpler is? You mean Algernon Crumpler. I know who Algernon Crumpler is. I wanted you to tell everybody that's listening to the show who it is. Everybody don't know who Crump is. You're talking about Crump, oh. you know. Okay. Talking about a dance or something? Crump. Algernon Crumpler, man. Yes. One of the greatest tight ends in Falcons history out of North Carolina. Yes. Algie, I, yeah, I know who Algie Crumpler is. Come on, dog. Don't, don't play me like that. Don't do that. Hey. That's blank. That's... <laughs> 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 it is what it is. So, hey, guys. So, let's let's get into it, man. Draft talk, man, because it's a lot to get into, man. And uh, first and foremost, Cle- uh, Cleveland hosted the draft this year. Banks' is fav- second favorite city, Cleveland, Ohio. Banks, it was in your second favorite city. How'd you feel about that? Well, I don't know about second <laughs> favorite city, but. No, nah, real talk. So, wait, 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 wait. So, real, real, hold on, real talk, man. What, so, what is your second favorite domestic city then, Banks? Well, it will probably be Chicago. It's my second favorite city. Okay, uh, okay. My f- I want to say my first, but well, we know what your first is, favorite city is. Yeah, it's on my chest. So I'm gonna kick. Hold on, hold on. Let me kick it over to Derrico really quick. Derrico, what's your what's your favorite domestic city, man? Outside of the obvious. Outside of the obvious, I like beaches, Don't. man. I like beaches. I like the water. So I'm gonna have to say Miami. Miami. 
Everybody wants to say Miami. Everybody wants to say Miami. That's what's up, man. So, you know. And what about my, you, my, Leo? It's a toss up, man. I like Miami. Miami is cool, but uh, it's probably a toss up. One A and one B. I'm always a one A one B guy, right? So one A for me is probably going to be Miami. One B is probably going to be the Bay Area, the Yay Area. Shout out to uh, my Frisco and my Oakland fam out there in California, man. I like the I like the left coast. I like the west coast, man. I just don't do SoCal too hot. I know a lot of people going to be like, "Wait, you don't like SoCal?" San Diego is cool, but LA that's a whole different story, man. So let's get back to it. I know Banks wanted to talk about it a little bit. Cleveland, Ohio, also the draft. What you got for me, Bank? Well, they did a good job hosting the NFL draft. Um, I think they they were, you know, trying to advertise like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a lot. Um, other than that, I mean, it was just a stage out in the open. I didn't really notice anything they did was special. I mean, to be honest, and no, this is I ain't trying to poo-poo on Cleveland. But I thought Nashville did a better job, but that's just me. But for what it was, it was it was okay. <laughs> Derek, how did you feel about Cleveland and them ultimate draft? Um, I wouldn't have went to Cleveland if somebody would offer me to go watch the draft in Cleveland. Just be honest with you. Um, but they, I think they did an okay job. Like Banks was saying, they did a good job on the stage this year. I like how they did the stage. So that was very different, generic. So so so, so basically. It's a mediocre job done by the city of Cleveland. Cleveland, we you get two thumbs, well actually three thumbs down from us. I guess I don't know. Maybe it's just y'all. Y'all ain't that city, man. Anybody from Cleveland, I apologize, man. You know, <laughs> hey, we went. We were not impressed. I, you know, but it's the draft. I don't know. Like right. we, we were discussing it, man. I don't know when it'll ever head this way. I think they're doing like a, a Nashville had it, Chicago, Cleveland. I don't know who will have it next, but it's like some of the hotter cities. Of course, it was in New York forever. Then they decided that they wanted to make this a big event and send it around to all the different cities. So we were trying to figure out and wonder, like, when did they ever hit up the ATL? But, you know, we'd be hosting Super Bowls and all kind of other stuff. It might not get here for a while. So probably Green Bay would be the next city to host. Where were you you put it at? Where were you put the stage at? I mean. You could do it right down there. You could do it in Centennial Park. Centennial Park would probably be where you, the, the, the obvious place to have it here in Atlanta if you were to do it here. That's, 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 that's what I would say, or somewhere down by Mercedes-Benz in the landing down there. You could do it at, I guess, the uh, Home Depot backyard. There's a couple of places you could do it at, Banks. You have to shut down some roads to do it. Yeah. yeah. I can tell you Northside that. Drive is a no-go. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Like I said, we probably won't see it here for another 30 years or so anyway. So let's get right <laughs> let's get right into it, fellas. Uh, draft night, Thursday night, came up on us. Uh, we were waiting on it. seemed like we waited forever for it. And um, it, it didn't disappoint. I think, you know, for the most part, man, for, for the first several picks, of of course, obviously, the first pick was a no-brainer. Trevor Lawrence going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think all of us had that pick. Um, that was a consensus among all of us. If you move to the second pick overall, which was Zach Wilson out of Brigham Young, who went to the Jets, we were all thinking to, you know, we, we all kind of had in our heads that the Jets might do something silly, but they they went right. they went on script. They went on script. Yeah, um, number three. Number three was a pick that I felt was a little surprising, a little shocking, and we'll get into it here and talk about it. Trey Lance ends up going to the San Francisco 49ers at number three. San Francisco jumped up because they knew they wanted a quarterback. Um, we weren't in agreement with who we thought San Francisco was going to take in previous podcasts, I know I was a little 
uh, conflicted on who I thought they were going to take. Uh, Derek, say, I'm gonna go. Did you say a little conflicted? I was confl- I was a little conflicted. It, it, so we, we, I, I, when it gets to me, I, we'll, we'll talk about it here. But okay. I'm gonna kick it over to you here first, Derek, because you and I both, I think, felt on the last podcast when we did our mock-ups that they weren't going to take Trey Lance. I think you and I both said that they were going to take Justin Fields. Right. So, Derek, I want you to feel. I want you to tell me how do you feel about San Francisco and going up to get Trey Lance at number three? Well, I can tell you the one percent thing that I had on my mind that it was 100% guaranteed that they was not going up to get Matt Jones. I can tell you that. I know we stress how we felt about that part of it. It's like there's no way that San Francisco's jumping up from 13, I believe, all the way up to number three and going to draft Matt Jones. So as far as the, the, the that part, I mean, it didn't surprise me. It surprised everybody else probably that – kept saying Matt Jones, which was led by the Matt Jones, I guess, media crew, but it was out there. <laughs> Banks, uh, how did you feel about uh, San Francisco and taking Trey Lance at number three? Uh, were you a little bit surprised at that? Because I know, uh, as we had been discussing the draft leading up to it, that we we really weren't for sure what they were going to do. Um, like Derrico just said, there were the rumors, Matt Jones, I don't know who threw, threw that out there, that was just there, but – Trey Lance ends up ends up being their guy. How you feel about it? Well, I kind of kind of you know piggybacking on Derrico's sentiments is that there's no way Matt Jones was going there at three. Um, it was either going to be Justin Fields or Trey Lance, and I knew sitting there it wasn't going to be Matt Jones' name called. That's all I know. So. Good for Trey Lance. He got um, a good head coach. A good city san francisco and he's you know his playing style fits that system so good for him absolutely shout out to my man trey lance uh, for going to san francisco so look i'm gonna skip the number four pick because we need a little time to talk about the number four pick by atlanta falcons going over to five you had jamar chase that was taken uh, i think i called that uh i think that uh, I, I saw the Bengals looking for a weapon. And what better way to give Joe Burrow a weapon than Jamar Chase, somebody he's very familiar with because they went to college together and won a national championship. Banks, how do you feel that worked out for the Bengals? Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow connection uh, gives him another weapon up there in Cincinnati. I was scratching my head on this one. Um, I think they needed Sewell. Uh, They needed someone to protect him. He don't need a... You don't need a Ferrari, you know, at that point. You know, you need something to, to protect your asset, your 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 breadwinner, and that's your quarterback. And they went for the gusto and got the weapon. So I was kind of confused about it. But then again, when I saw after the, you know, the draft is over, I understood. So, I mean, good weapon. Derrico, did you have anything to add to that with uh, the Bengals taking Jamar Chase? Yeah, yeah, it kind of surprised me. I was along with um, Banks on this one. I thought – he was definitely going to take the um, tackle from Oregon. So it was kind of a surprise, and I guess they felt like they was eyeing someone probably in later rounds that they could get. So I think that's probably what the what the intent was. So, And I think they did, if we get back to it, I think they did actually take a, a offensive tackle in the second round. Okay. Yeah, I think they actually did take uh, some offensive line help here. Uh, so let's move through the top 10 here, and then we'll come back to number four. So number six was Jalen Waddell, um, wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, Panay Sewell, Banks' obvious favorite offensive tackle in this entire draft, ends up going to the Detroit Lions at number seven. 
Uh, number eight was a very intriguing player. Uh, J.C. Horn, uh, quarterback out of South Carolina, gets drafted by the Carolina uh, Carolina Panthers, um, who's the son of former NFL player Joe Horn, which I thought was kind of cool. Joe Horn, former wide receiver for the New Orleans Aints and <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons. Son gets drafted by the Carolina Panthers, so they keep it all in house. <laughs> that's kind of that's crazy. They this NFC South uh, family there. Um, number nine, uh, a little bit of a shakeup here. Patrick Chatan goes to the Denver Broncos, one of those teams that we thought that could be in the market for a quarterback. Patrick Chatan obviously uh, was projected as probably the number one cornerback. He actually goes after J.C. Horn. Uh, Banks, were you surprised that Denver didn't try to reach out and get a quarterback at this pick in the first round, or did that? Were you were you okay with that? Well, it was kind of surprising. You kind of assumed that Denver was going to go feels here um especially when they you know they had drew law and they just picked up teddy bridgewater and that just basically said that we're good with bridgewater but you know if you start following the rumors you know with the, the whole Aaron Rodgers saga that's a whole nother whole nother show whole another whole nother segment <laughs> that they possibly may be going to denver but that's just hearsay so i don't know but i thought that maybe at that point you will get them unless you're just going to ride with Teddy Bridgewater and let him bridge whoever quarterback comes in there. So I, I, have no I mean, idea. well, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't follow a lot of it with, with Denver. I know they do. Like you said, they have Drew Lott. They did pick up Teddy. I don't know if they drafted a quarterback in the later rounds. I'm not for sure. I don't know. Maybe Derrico knows. Derrico, did you have anything that you wanted to add to Denver and picking Patrick Sertan? No, I was actually surprised that he actually went past, um, Detroit, not not Detroit. I'm, I'm sorry that he actually didn't get picked before um, Horn. I thought he was actually gonna go before Horn. I was actually sitting there with someone that's a cowgirl fan, so they was hoping that Satan was gonna drop to them at ten. So that didn't happen. So of course he was about to throw something and break the TV. So that let me know that he really wanted Satan. And I think even after that. They still didn't get the cornerback that they wanted. But, hey, when you see somebody that let you value, you got to go ahead and get them. So I, I'm assuming that Denver thought they needed more on the back line than they did somebody trying to take over the quarterback position. Okay, okay. So we're going to move along here. We're going to stop at number 10 and we're going to go back to number four. So number 10 was Devontae Smith. Um, that was a pick, if I'm not mistaken, that was traded. I think the Cowboys were at number 10. They ended up trading with a division rival, the Eagles, as you just talked about here, Derrico. Cowboys fans were kind of livid about that. You trade to a, a, a division <laughs> rival, and uh, all of a sudden, and I think all they got out of that was like a third pick, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but Devontae, Devontae Smith ends up going to the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith, if I could add, from Alabama ends up going – uh, to the Eagles, they needed a wide receiver. So uh, there's it was a couple of surprises here in the top ten, but I think for the most part it kind of shook out the way we kind of looked at it. Um, just you know, a couple of guys that we didn't really see, but but it shook it shook out for the most part for us. Okay, so let's go back to number four for our Atlanta Falcons. Uh, number four, the Atlanta Falcons select Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida. Um, we talked about him on the last episode, and 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 what he is at the tight end position and how special this kid is coming out of uh, the University of Florida. And we went around and we talked about what it would mean for him to get drafted by the Falcons. Now that he's here with the Falcons, I'm going to start with you first, Derrico. How do you feel about this pick, and, and where do you see him fitting into the scheme of things 
uh, off the rip here in Atlanta? Picking Kyle Pitts was like the probably the easiest of the other top four. I'll say that besides Jacksonville, because if your quarterback wasn't there, don't there was no other player that you was gonna pick. It, it don't appear that they were really serious about trading the draft pick because several people offered, and from what I'm hearing and reading, they was asking for too much. So they're telling me, unless you're just going to give this exorbitant amount of money uh, to us in these draft picks, we stay in that for. So as far as him fitting the offense, I better believe that our production in the red zone better not be a problem this year. It can't be a problem this year when you got a six-six monster out there that's going to mismatch on any linebacker or safety and most cornerbacks. All right. Hey, so, Banks, we were both out there at the uh, draft party um, at Atlantic Station here in Atlanta. And um, when Kyle Pitt's name was announced, uh, just walk us through how did you feel and, and where do you see Kyle Pitts fitting in here uh, in the scheme of things here in Atlanta? Well, I was sitting back and I was just trying to take it all in just to see what the what the temperature is with the fan base, what would be the outcome if his name is called or not, you know, and you heard it too, Leo. I mean, it was pretty much everyone was all on board with Kyle Pitts. Um, as what he can fit to this team. Um, I for one prefer Trey Lance at that particular spot. But the fit, the sense that San Fran picked him up, then I mean, we have Hayden Hurst already. Our head coach now loves two tight end sets, so it's a marriage made in heaven. Like Derrico said, we get in that red zone should not be no young way cool lining up <laughs> for a field goal. I'm sorry, if, 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 well, this, yeah. if this is what we got him for, I need to see touchdowns from here on out. Well, I, I will say this much here, guys. I mean, we cannot connect. I, obviously, under the last regime, we had some red zone woes, right? But we talked about this. We moved on from the last regime. We're into a new regime with Arthur Smith and, and his staff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys on having red zone weapons and being able to score in the red zone. It's tough to score in the red zone in the NFL, guys. A lot of people always say, you know, there are a lot of teams that have problems scoring in the red zone. But, yeah, I, I get it. I agree. We shouldn't have any issues with, with this guy out there. And also, you know, Hayden Hurst. I think we picked up another tight end from the Bills, if I'm not mistaken, in free agency. Uh, so, yeah, we, we he should be a, a very, very uh, important weapon in the red zone. I think that Kyle Pitts was like you said, Derek Cole, the guy that, that, that was the, the obvious pick. Right. Um, this was a quarterback, of course, quarterback top heavy draft. Kyle Pitts was the obvious pick to, to take at number four. So, I mean, it was a no brainer. And I think he, he makes this offense better uh, day one um, for me. Anyway, there are a lot of people that will disagree with me on this. Um, and that, that that brings me to my next question. Uh, and I'm going to bring it over to Banks first. Banks, we, we were both at the draft party. We both saw that a lot of fans were happy with, with, with us taking Kyle Pitts. But there seemed to be another portion of this fan base that was very, very, very disappointed in us taking Kyle Pitts at number four. Do you want to talk about that for just a little bit? Absolutely, Leo. I would love to talk about this. Um First of all, let's just call it what it is. Justin Fields was there. And I 
as you know, as well as everybody else, everyone wanted Justin Fields for obvious reasons. When he came from Georgia, he's from Georgia. He gets mobile. He has a rocket arm. And everyone wanted him. And no, you couldn't tell nobody else nothing else. He was there to be drafted, and we passed on him. It was a lot of salty people in this city. I mean, a lot of salty people. And for for people who are upset, don't understand why we did it, they, they won't ever want to understand it because for me, it will upset me knowing that we have a quarterback we can't even use on for at least two to three years. And that that is a waste to me. I don't want a quarterback on his rookie contract deal just sitting on the bench watching. And then there's a whole other aspect is Matt Ryan has a bad series or interception or three and out, and then we're going to hear a bunch of put-in fields all throughout the stadium. And I think that was something on the front office didn't want. Let's just be real right. with it. Okay, so. okay, Der- Derek. So I'm gonna pass it over to you here. Um, there were different, there were mixed uh, emotions about the number four pick, like Banks just said, and I was gonna get into it. But Justin Fields, of course, was there for the taking at number four at quarterback. The Falcons pick went in, and it was Kyle Pitts. A lot, a lot, a lot of upset people here in this city because the Falcons did not draft the hometown boy. Uh, apparently the Falcons owed it to Justin Fields to draft him. I guess I missed the memo because from what I understand, the Falcons obviously owed it to Justin Fields to draft him for whatever reason. I I guess maybe we can get into that just a little bit. Derrico, how did you feel about the Falcons not picking Justin Fields and taking Kyle Pitts instead? Um, This is how I felt. I was like, okay, they all in on Matt Ryan. That's what it is. I mean, if you you felt that you were going to take a quarterback right there, um, that somebody that could be the face of your franchise after Matt Ryan, then you're telling me that these next two to three years that you went all in and hit your wagon to Matt Ryan. And as Bank was talking about earlier, if that's the case, then you don't want nobody that can threaten your starting quarterback and have, a, I guess, an issue like they got over there in Green Bay right now. Okay, well, yeah, Green Bay is that's that's a whole that's a that's a that's a crazy scenario. And of course, Banks now is itching at the bit to get to get back into Banks. What, what you got for us, man? Listen, Justin Fields played at Georgia. Okay, he he opted to go there himself. We didn't call him. He wanted to go there. He thought he could beat out from. He didn't beat out from. Instead of, I think what I think a lot of people is missing the point is the way he handled the situation where he didn't get to play that one year. He kind of sulked and, you know, I'm going to take my ball and play somewhere else and left and hightailed it to Ohio State. You know, and I'm hearing the rumors that he said, well, he had racial slurs, which is BS because his sister was there. So if it was racial stuff, why did you leave your sister there? So my thing is, if you're going to come to Atlanta and you're going to sit, are you going to complain that you're not playing? Because you already showed your hand in Georgia that you pretty much don't believe in sitting behind somebody. So I, I'm just trying to figure out maybe that's, that has something to do with it. You know, maybe that's why the Falcons say, oh, hold on. Maybe they say the Falcons said that Trey Lance is number one on their board. And I thought that was kind of surprising versus Trey Lance. I mean, excuse me, uh, Justin Fields being a number two quarterback. 
you know, Trey Lance being the number four. And you mean to tell me Trey Lance is number one on your board? Uh, that was interesting. Very interesting. Well, I mean, we, we, okay, so first and foremost, here, here's my take on this. I think Kyle Pitts was number one on the board, period, hands down. I don't think, so I will go and attach to what Derrico said. I think they were all in on Matt Ryan from the giddy up. I mean, two years left in the contract. He's a serviceable quarterback. I think this regime was all in on Matt Ryan from the, from the beginning. And best player available, available is what, Terry Fontenot said for a while, best player available. Best player available on the board was Kyle Pitts. And that told you at number four that the Falcons were all in with Matt Ryan and what he was going to be able to provide them for the next two years. I don't think Trey Lance – Trey Lance was probably on the board, but I knew Trey Lance, Justin Fields, whoever, I think at four the Falcons was going to stick to the plan and take Kyle Pitts all along. Derek Cole, I know you wanted to say something in, in reference to Justin Fields and what Banks just said. Yeah, I mean, it's a this is like this slow narrative that keeps popping up about he didn't stay and compete with from. I look at it in a totally different way just because of the scenario. Everybody understand just looking at who the top quarterback came out of high school was that year. It was between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Now, when people talk about, oh, he didn't want to stay and compete, that's a bunch of bull. Like, how you know he didn't compete his ass off during the, during the summer months, during spring break, but we still finding out that, hey, for some reason, Georgia don't want a, a quarterback that don't look like me and you back there. So, 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 so basically what you're saying is and he that Justin – so, so, wait, so basically what you're saying is that Justin Fields – was blackballed at Georgia. He didn't get an equal opportunity at the University of Georgia. I don't know if he was blackballed, but I know this right here, just based on the history of all the quarterbacks that's been in Georgia since DJ Chocolate, I can say that has something to do with it. Okay. I mean, I, I'm you know, I'm not at liberty to say that that was the case. I mean, I don't I don't have inside information as to what actually transpired at UGA, like Banks said. Uh he did enter the transfer transfer portal based upon some racial comments that were made and banks I will say this much that they, they were true. There were some people that did say some racial slurs to him at one of the football games, and therefore he was able to enter the portal because of that situation. Uh, I will say this much, Banks, to echo what you said, um, it kind of does make you think about where he is mentally. And I'm not trying to say there's no a knock on Justin Fields, but the fact that he – would have to come into the Falcons organization if he was drafted by the Falcons and sit behind Matt Ryan. Uh, how does he feel? Because And let me just throw another thing out there. The Chicago Bears have come out for whatever it's worth and said that Andy Dalton is their starting quarterback in Chicago. You know, that's a totally different situation than what we have here. But Banks, and I'm going to kick it over to you. Him coming here to Atlanta and sitting behind Matt Ryan for two years, you know, did did the Falcons really, like you said, did they really look at that and they really did a deep dive to say, okay, this might be a problem? Do you think that that may have been one of the reasons that they want, didn't want to take a look at, at drafting him? Listen, it could have been a lot of reasons. I mean, you know Justin Fields is more NFL ready than Trey Lance. We can agree on that, correct, you know, coming into the draft. Okay, so if he's more polished and more ready to come in, you come in and sit behind Matt Ryan when you know he's here for a good two years, at minimum, at minimum. So, yes, you have other quarterbacks that have sat behind quarterbacks before, truly. 
I haven't seen anyone that went and stayed behind a quarterback for two plus years. So I could be wrong. Has anyone just sitting behind a quarterback for two plus years? I think Aaron Rodgers did it. I think was Aaron Rodgers did it. Like three years or something like that. Yeah. Okay, that was just an isolated event. But I think when you have a fourth round pick, I don't think Aaron Rodgers was fourth round. I think he was like he was drafted at what twenty or something like that. You're talking about a top five pick. A top five pick needs to be starting. I'm sorry. He needs to be on the field day one, not sitting behind anybody for no two years because at that point, then it's like you had no value out of that. I mean, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. But it, I, 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 I feel some kind of way when you picking that high on a quarterback and he's not playing. You know, and you have a quarterback in Matt Ryan who's still getting paid out the wazoo. And you're definitely not going to bench him because he's getting paid too much. Yeah. So what do you do? I mean, you just don't draft him. And obviously, and obviously you made a good point here, Banks. One, two, and three have the potential of all starting. We know day one Trevor Lawrence is starting. That's no secret. Um, Zach Wilson is probably going to start day one with the Jets. I don't know how I actually feel about rookie quarterbacks coming in and starting. Uh, I'll get on that in just a second. Trey Lance, we don't know what they're going to do out there in San Francisco with Jimmy G. Um, only, only time will tell. Derrico, I guess I kick this question over here to you. Um, rookie quarterbacks coming in. I mean, we we can we can tie a lot to to rookie quarterbacks coming in and how they have fared over here over the years because there there have been a lot of rookie quarterbacks with high expectations that hadn't done very very well. Where do you feel the expectation levels are in this year's draft class, especially the top three with Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, and Trey Lance specifically? And we'll talk about Justin Fields here in just a minute, but I want to talk about those three guys because they have the potential of starting day one. Are the expectations very, very high on these guys? Probably two or two of the four. Um, actually, if you want to say it like that, I'll say two of the five. I mean, as much as we think Matt Jones is going to start for New England right away, that's probably not going to happen. I'm not saying that he won't come in. Um, the same with Justin Fields. I don't think he's going to start the year off starting on the center. The only people I think that they're going to really trot out there is going to be Lance. Not Lance. Um, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence and um, your boy in the Jets. Those are the two people I think that's really going to be put out there in that fire to see what they got. Okay. Well, I, think that's been, I think that's been kind of the trend lately that you may have some other starting first round quarterbacks that do start right away. Then you have a portion that don't. So it's just, I guess it's just the maturity level or how comfortable the OC and the head coach is and the organization is with that particular quarterback starting. Okay. With that being said, we'll talk a little bit about, a little bit about Justin Fields here. And I want to talk a little bit about the Falcons fan base as well. Uh, So Justin Fields goes outside of the top 10 he goes to uh, number 11 to the Chicago Bears. And if I'm not mistaken, the Chicago Bears traded up to get him. I'm not, don't, don't quote me on that. Somebody might want to check that out to, to let me know. But I think the Chicago Bears did go up a couple of spots to get Justin Fields. They, they just, they just drafted a, a quarterback in the first round a couple of uh, years ago in Mitchell Trubisky. But obviously that, that, that saga is over there in Chicago. They signed Andy Dalton and now they bring in Justin Fields. Uh, Banks, like you just said, probably the second best or if not the first best quarter uh, NFL ready quarterback to come in. 
he slides all the way to 11. I know we talked about a few things that got him down to 11. But what do you think specifically? What do you think specifically? And I'm not talking about rumors and hearsay, but just him as a quarterback, his attributes and just the things about him specifically. Why did he slide to number 11 and not and wasn't selected as one of those in, in, in the top five spot? What made him slide down there, Banks? I, I, at first, I thought I had an idea, but I really don't know, Leo. Man, it's 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 a common thing where you when you when the college football season ended, you know, you had Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields one and two. They were married together. Everyone knew that, and everyone they, had no objections. No one had no objections been, to it. Well, I'm saying that they've been married together for quite some time. Not even from Carter. This goes back to high school, but go ahead. Absolutely. You know what I mean? He, uh, Lawrence went to Cartersville and Justin went to Hiram. So, yeah, they were married together. But, again, that whole time going through that college football season, no one objected and said, oh, well, what about Mac Jones? Or well, what about Zach Wilson? Or what about, uh, uh, you know, who who Trey Lance? You know, no one knew who Trey Lance was until – the start of pro days, you know, at North Dakota State. You know, it's so funny how people were talking about how good Trey, uh, Trey Lance was. I'm like, you didn't know who he was during the football season. Did you watch North Dakota State? Uh, I'm waiting for you to lie because I'm sure you didn't. You know, it, it, it's, it's kind of something that you think about, Leo, <sighs> All of a sudden, he start coming up with these excuses. All these, oh, he, he's had, he's he has epilepsy, or he's um he was kept back in the eighth grade. I mean, who who cares? I mean, that doesn't matter. He plays football. He's the second quarterback on the board. You know why do we have to dilute this man? No one's diluting Trevor Lawrence, but you're bringing up Matt Jones out of left field. No one ever heard of Matt Jones when he won the, the national championship from the all-star football team. So, I mean, it's, it's, listen, you know, I, I, it, it's always something with, you know, fields, you know, it's always something with him, you know, like I say, I, 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 I joked around, of course, obviously with, with Mac Jones and, and him being propelled up into like the top five when it comes to quarterbacks and even up into the top, you know, one or two quarterback conversation. I, I did joke a joke around a little bit with in the previous podcast, but there were there were jokes. I, obviously, I always felt that Trevor Lawrence and and Justin Fields were one A and one B, depending on maybe depending on what team you were a fan of. If you were a team of Clemson, it's going to be one A. If you were Ohio State fan, Justin Fields was going to be one A. Um, but yeah, Justin Fields for some reason ended up slipping. Trey Lance goes over him. Zach Wilson goes over him. And we there were rumors that Mac Jones was possibly going to go over him as well. Derrico, I would love to get your input on to why this young man slid down to 11. If, in fact, for the last two years, we've known that him and Trevor Lawrence were 1A and 1B, and they were both the two best quarter, NFL quarterback prospects in college football. What happened? Why, why did the knock get on Justin Fields and he slid all the way down here to 11 to the Chicago Bears? I mean – that's like, I mean, you got to really assume some stuff to get a right answer if you don't know exactly what's going on. Um, to me, it's just a different portrayal from, I guess you would say, media folks as far as I don't know what happened. 
because I didn't hear anything. I didn't read anything prior to him starting to so-called slip. And uh, Wilson started to wow everybody in the in the NFL circles. So I don't know what it was, but it was just it was just strange and odd. And then two days before the draft, the whole epilepsy thing come out. Like, where did that come from? Like, really? Like, this is what we're doing? I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm just like you guys. I'm kind of baffled. I find it strange. I would like to get to the bottom of it and actually find cause the only way you could kind of do that is you would actually have to look at all the teams and look at their scouting books to see like where it was or what the consensus was. Because like I said, I feel like the young man should have went possibly two, but maybe he didn't fit the narrative with the Jets. Maybe for some strange reason, they just didn't feel like he was the face of their franchise for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't know what the difference between Trey Lance and Justin Fields was as far as the reason that the San Francisco 49ers took him. We discussed in detail as to why the Atlanta Falcons did not take Justin Fields, unfortunately. I mean, it would have been a great pick if they had, but there were just too many, there were just too many things involved, too many variables involved for them to draft Justin Fields. I would have loved to see Justin Fields. I want to go on record as saying I would have loved to see Justin Fields here in Atlanta in the Falcons uniform. But because of everything going on here with this franchise, man, it was just – it was too hard to bring him in. For like what you said, Banks, the quarterback situation with Matt Ryan him, and him being here and, and him having to sit, like you said, Derek Cole, just the, the value of the pick and having Kyle Pitts there and knowing that he was the obvious best player available. It was just too many variables around there. Banks, what you got? And, and not to mention, like I said, to bring that back up, it would have been just too toxic for this fan base to sit there in the dome on Sundays to watch Matt Ryan have a subpar day and Justin Fields sitting on the bench and just not just sitting there twirling his thumbs. It would have been very toxic. It would have been very divided to, to watch a quarterback, a rookie, sit behind a veteran who's probably the best franchise quarterback Falcons ever had. I mean, that's it's not even a question about it. But what do you do at that point? You know, you have a a a fan base that's for Matt Ryan. You got a fan base that's against Matt Ryan. It won't be a good football day at that Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And then unfortunately, I have to say it is, I don't want no parts of it. You know, I, I feel like I want to see a football game. I don't want to see uh, a civil war between quarterbacks and a backup okay. quarterback. And just- it, it, okay, so so I want to get into that just a little bit, Banks. I want to definitely get into this, and I want Derrico to share his thoughts about this situation because I'm glad you brought that up. Divided, some fans are, just like what you said, Banks, are divided on this topic and on this situation about us. And, and, we've, and I can't stress this enough. The Matt Ryan era is going to come to an end here sooner or later. We know for a fact man can't play forever. Father Time is definitely undefeated. But what I want to talk about for a little bit here, and I'm going to get away from the draft because I definitely want to get both of you guys' opinion on this, and I don't understand where this is coming from. Um, Matt Ryan for a little bit. Um, we know this, man. Banks, like you said, but Matt, Matt Ryan has been, in, and this is my opinion too, has been a, a, a good quarterback here. I'm not going to go off and talk about what level – in, in people's opinions, you know, I feel like he's been a good quarterback here in this city. He's been a serviceable quarterback. He's been a high character guy. He's he's done what you know the the coaching staffs, the, the various coaching staffs have asked him to do. 
Um, short of winning a Super Bowl, he's been the MVP. And like you just said, Banks, uh, you know, he, he's been that. He's, he's been everything we've asked him to be. So, Derrick Cole, I'm going to take this to you first, and we'll come back over here to Banks. There is a portion of this fan base. I don't even know if you really want to call them in the fan base. Let's just talk about some people in this city. But there is a narrative going around that just there is a lot of hate with Matt Ryan. There are a lot of people on social media. There are a lot of people that have talked about, even in some of the circles that I'm in, and I know Banks could allude to those as well, as to people having a genuine hate for Matt Ryan and a lot of venom being spewed at Matt Ryan and on his name. Do you want to, do you have anything that would call, why would, so basically what I want to know is why would people do that? Why, why is there such a hatred for this man? Like, did he do, did I miss something? Did he do something that was just egregious to this city and to this fan base for them to really just have this much hate? So why is, why is all the hate towards Matt Ryan? You said, did you miss something? Were you alive 2008? Hold on, hold on, Derek. I mean, hold on, Banks. I was I was kicking it over to uh to Derek here to, to answer. Hey, I'm gonna no, get you. I'm no, gonna no, get no, I'm gonna no, get no, you. No, let him go. He was he, let him go ahead and grab that grab. Okay. Yeah. Well, Banks, if you want to go ahead and take that, then yeah, I asked you the same question that I was just giving to Derek. I was gonna give it to you second. But so where is all of the hate coming from with, with, with Matt Ryan? Where were you 2008, Leo? What were you doing? What was going on that particular year? What, what was going on in 2008? I, in life, my memory, okay. my memory well, isn't as, me, as, as, as good as it used to be. Go ahead and, and set me, this up for me. me. Go set ahead and set up your timeline. Back in 2006, we had Michael Vick here in Atlanta going through those dog fighting charges. It was probably a big black guy to this franchise. 2007, he went to jail. We had some sucker named Joey Harrington. And, and Byron Leftwich trying to attempt to be called a quarterback here. We had a sucker head coach who just left it like a thief in the night and just left our franchise high and dry. So 2008, we had a brand new head coach, a brand new GM, and they got a brand new quarterback. At that moment, at that time, we had a fan base that was still in love with Michael Vick, who still wanted him to come back. Instead, we got Matt Ryan and it started then where everyone was like we had you know the great white hype and from that it was pretty much what it was they don't like him because he's not he's not michael vick you know he's got big shoes to fill he ain't gonna be exciting like mike vick of course he's not exciting like mike Vick. he don't scramble he don't throw um, um, a 70 yard pass just flat-footed on the flick of his wrist i mean it's it's a whole nother style of quarterbacking from Matt Ryan, from Michael Vick. And ever since that contrast, the fan base has really kind of, you know, had Matt Ryan on a short leash to the point where we don't want you here. You know, you're not, you don't fit the Atlanta mold. You don't fit what we, we enjoy. You the re- Michael Vick was the reason why I became a fan, you know, and it's like, okay, you say that out loud. You became a fan only because Michael Vick was here. Gotcha. So, you know, it, it, it. he has never had a fair shake in this city. Ever since he went through uh, his MVP season, he has gave us our first back-to-back winning season. 
no one cares about that because you know he has thrown that one little interception. You know, okay. last week. Okay. You know. Hold okay. on, Leo. Right. Can I have to say something what? before before you move on? It has gone to something about the fan base, you know, being divided and being so fickle. I have a letter that I sent you to. I don't know if you guys read it, and it came from a random Falcon fan right after the draft. Do you remember the letter that I sent you? No, remind remind me here. Okay, we well, let me go ahead. Let me let me go ahead and read it right fast. It says, "It's been a pleasure." Being a Falcon fan, but after all I've take, taken over with my family, I have talked over my family, excuse me, with my friends, I have decided that I turn in my resignations letter and resign from being a Falcon fan effective immediately from the loss of the Super Bowl and the L we just took for not drafting Justin Fields. My heart cannot take it, and therefore I will find another NFL team this upcoming season. Thank you for the memories that I would not miss. Much love. Sincerely, a former Falcon fan. So, <laughs> okay, okay, it took one man that didn't come to, to to basically put you over the edge. One man did not show up, did not fulfill your fulfill your draft fantasies, and all of a sudden that did it. You're no longer a fan. So, I just feel that people like that, you were never a fan from the get go. And I hope you are seeing this video, and I read you. Reggio, I'm not going to call your name, but yeah, I hope you do realize I'm talking about you. I mean, no one's going to miss you. I mean, <laughs> no, no one's, no one cares. I okay. Falcons okay. don't care. I mean, just. Okay. Just want Bank, to put Banks, Banks, Banks telling us how you really feel tonight. So Derek, oh man, I'm going to take it over to you, man. Um, <sighs> Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to digest. It's a lot to digest. So Derek, oh, give me your take on why. Basically, in a nutshell, why Matt Ryan has never been accepted by a lot of people in this fan base. Because you know for a fact there are a lot of people in this fan base that have just never accepted him. And the hate is real. It's real. It's real. It's not It's not a secret. It's there. I mean, but y'all make it sound like it's a majority of the fans that Atlanta... I didn't say that. I didn't say majority I of the fans, Derek I, I said, said fact some. Well, I you can a you lot. can per, I mean, you can perceive it. Okay, well you can perceive it however you want to perceive right. it. So but there there's no question there's no question that there is a a, a percent. You can say a small percent. We can say a small percentage. Right. If you want, if that if you're comfortable with saying a small percentage, we can say small percentage. But I there is, there are those people there. I just don't want nobody that don't, don't pretend like, like it's not there. There. I don't want nobody it's thinking. There. That, I don't want nobody thinking like that's a majority of fans of Atlanta Falcons think. I mean, that's just—it's not, not majority. It's not majority, but it's so a, I, it's a it's a good portion that, of the fan what, base. There's a large content. Yeah. So let well, me go ahead, Derek. Let let, 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 let him have his let him have his due. Go ahead. Thank go ahead. You. Answer the question. Thank you very kindly. I mean, yeah, there is a portion of fans that have a problem with Matt Ryan, probably because of the Mike Vick situation, like Banks alluded to. There are probably a portion of the fans that have a problem with Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan has been here. 13 plus years and hadn't gotten us over the hump. There may be a percentage of fans that don't like Matt Ryan because they feel like his arm ain't strong as they think it should be. There could be a portion of fans that may think they don't like Matt Ryan because he throw interceptions at the inopportune times, especially during big games. It could be a, a, a plethora of reasons why people don't like Matt Ryan for some reason or another. There's a lot of folks that do like Matt Ryan. So it's like a give and take of what, what's the reason for it. Okay, that could be like me saying, okay, so if you like Matt Ryan, why do you like Matt Ryan? That's your opinion. 
And I think you can't knock somebody's opinion because they feel like they've ridden through whatever they've been through with this team, ride or die. You don't know how long that dude was a Falcon fan. You don't know how long his heart got broken up with. Even you said it yourself, Banks, you can really get into it for a whole year after the Super Bowl. So I'm like, it affect people different ways. Okay, okay, hold on, okay, hold on. This this is going, this is going a little. We'll go, we'll we'll get us a few more minutes here. Uh, but and Banks, I'm gonna get to you in just a second. I, I want to kind of piggyback on on what Derrico just said. You're absolutely right, Derrico. I totally agree with what you're saying and and why a lot of people say what they say. But the thing is, when you talk about Matt Ryan and, you know, a lot of people, how can I put this? They, they don't, they, they, they look at Matt Ryan as like, he's never done anything with this organization or done anything positive. You would think that Matt Ryan had losing seasons, his whole entire NFL career here. Um, you know he he hasn't done a lot. It's 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 crazy to think that some people don't even recognize his accomplishments and achievements. And it's like he's only measured by you know what he hasn't done or had you know don't have a um, excuse me a ring a ring. That's it. The the only thing that's missing on Matt Ryan's resume is a ring. You know, and, and that's and that's that's where it is. And and that's how a lot of people look at it. Banks, I'm going to kick it over here to you because I know you're itching to say something else. So go ahead. Derek, I'm going to get back to you. Leo, there's no one in our franchise that has a Super Bowl. Not one quarterback. No one. Not even, even Steve Barkov. No one. So why are we putting this fair, this this measure of, oh, we don't have a Super Bowl because of him? Well, no, you don't say Oh my gosh, you really I didn't really? I had no idea, you know. So back to you, Derrico, when you said that I have said that as well about in the sense of being done or not interested in the season. Yes, I have. But not one time, not one time have I ever said that I'm gonna be completely looking for another team. Ever. I had my heart broken. Years on top of years that you can't even imagine. So you're not going to that, that, that guy, he has no excuse. If you're that weak to the point where you went through the worst heartbreak known to any sports in the Super Bowl, bar none, but you stayed around afterwards, you mean to tell me that one player just broke you down? No, I'm not buying that, Derek. I'm not buying that crap. That's some, that's bull. Oh, we don't get Justin Fields. I'm done with this team. <sighs> I mean, you know, okay, okay. We're gonna move, we're gonna move on. <laughs> okay. I didn't want to spend too much time on this. This is a really, really touchy subject. Um, Derek, we're gonna start letting you hang around some of the cats we hang around, man. So you can hear because I mean, maybe in that bubble up there in Loganville, they don't talk about the same stuff they talk about down here in South. Obviously Alabama. not. <laughs> <laughs> but look, man, we want to move on. We want to talk about the Falcons draft as a whole before we wrap this up here very, very quickly, man. So oh, a couple of other little nuggets that I want to throw out and I want to talk to you guys about here. Um, I don't know if you guys knew. Um, Derrico, I know uh, I wanted to hit you up with this. No HBCU players were drafted in this in this draft. Um, I know Deion Sanders had spoke on social media about that. 
And I don't know if it was because of COVID and what a lot of HBCUs are doing. They're actually playing a, a spring season now. But I found that kind of strange and weird. I don't even know how that would even work. Um, Derrico, did you even know that? And, and how do you feel about that? Yeah, I kind of figured that because I was actually looking at the um, Arkansas Pine Bluff and Alabama A&M SWAC championship game. When I was thinking about that, it was during probably like the fourth or fifth round. I'm like, hey, one of these quarterbacks in the HBCU or somebody from the HBCU ain't got drafted yet. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, like you said, if it was because of how last year and COVID worked. But I'm sure if you had any interest in anybody from the HBCU, it was before the first year that they started playing. You know what I'm saying? So I think they just need to put a little more emphasis on going and looking at these guys and giving them a, a fair opportunity. But I think the whole Dion effect, which is a whole different story in the set one day, is going to hopefully expose them to get greater things, just like ESPN carrying them throughout the summer. I'm going to say the spring. Okay, okay. So, Banks, I don't know if you wanted to piggyback on that, man. No HBCU players picked up in this uh, in this, in this this here draft. How, how do you feel about that? Do you feel some type of way about you know, it? No, it, it's not fair, Leo. I mean, they there's some good players in the HBCU, you know, and for some apparent reason, they feel like this is like a a recreation league or something. They just haven't found out there, I guess. They playing football for the, for the hell of it, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> they playing football. In my eyes, they 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 balling, and it's a shame that they have to prove extra hard how how good they are. And it's like they shouldn't have to go through that because what school they go to, you know, you have a, a kid that goes to, uh, like you said, Alabama A and M, and you know he's he's killing it, but someone that went to Tennessee who sucks, you know, he gets more looked at because he went to Tennessee. I mean, you know, it's 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 disparity. You know, it's 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 not fair. It's not Ho- fair. Hopefully, hopefully we get to see a, a little more um, of that, like 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 uh, Derek Cole just said with the with the Dion effect. And also, I don't know if you guys knew this or not. I want to talk about it on the last episode, and I didn't get a chance to. But the Dion effect actually is working out. Eddie George was announced as the head coach of Tennessee State. Right. So I mean, you're gonna have some more visibility with some high profile uh, NFL players probably gonna be brought in. To, to schools to coach or or more high profile guys to coach at these HBCUs. So maybe the times will change here in just a moment and we'll get to see some more HBCU guys get drafted. So a couple of other tidbits that I wanted to get into. Uh 2021 NFL draft by conference. Of course, I like I always like to say this to my up north people. I always like to say this here. SEC 65 guys out of the SEC were drafted. Yes. Yeah. 65. Okay. Uh, Big 10 was next with 44, ACC at 42, Pac-12, 28, and the Big 12 with 22. Those are the top major conferences, man. But the SEC always balls out, shows up and shows out. Um, draft by college team with the most players drafted. Obviously, I, I don't even – off, off the top of my head, I, I know who had the most players drafted, and that was Alabama, of course. Um, followed by the Ohio State, which is a little bit surprising. I mean, Ohio State has some ballers, but when you talk about Big Ten, that's like the only school up there right. that 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 produced some some ballers as of recent. I mean, you know, but they always want to say this: it's, it's top notch competition in the Big Ten. Well, <laughs> tell me, bring some more teams to the table when it comes to NFL prospects, and of course, bringing up number three, but they still can't bring up a national championship is damn Georgia Bulldogs with nine. 
nine, <laughs> nine players um, taken out of the University of Georgia in the draft, which is, you know, and Banks is, is, is really scratching his head on that one, man, because the, 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 the production and the players that come through the University of Georgia and for them to not have a championship in over 40-some-odd years is absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand that. That's a whole nother podcast in itself to talk about. Why does all this talent go through the University of Georgia, but you can't produce a championship to save your damn life? Um, that's that's sad. Uh, rounding out the top uh, five is a uh, Notre Dame with nine as well. They tied Georgia, which is that's another shocker to me with Notre Dame with nine, and uh, Florida, Florida with with eight draft picks as well that round out. So um, three uh, SEC teams that basically made up a large chunk of players drafted uh, this year. Banks? Well, I just wanted to go in, but I don't know if you was trying to close it down, Leo, but I wanted to go around the room and ask everyone, what was everyone's favorite draft pick from the Atlanta Falcons? I'm going to start with Derrico. What do, what do you say? Oh, I'm going to have to go with... Oh boy, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Just for just for time's sake, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the safety from um, UCF because you know was, the other the first one is an easy pick, so I'm right. not even gonna put his name in the in the mix. But I'm gonna say Richard. Hey, that was a that was really an easy pick for it, um, Kyle Pitts. I was I should have said anybody but Kyle yeah. Pitts because. Yeah. You know, everyone's labeled him the unicorn. And Leo, I wanted to um I wanted you to kind of stay on that 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 um the draft class a little longer because I had something to say about drafting Cal Pitts to the point where I feel like he's getting all these accolades so early in his early career and he's he's labeled the greatest ever. They already putting a gold jacket on him. And that's a lot of pressure, man. That's a hell of a lot of pressure to be coming in living up to that Hall of Fame kind of play. I'm like, dude, you're just 20 years old. You can't I'm gonna say this much. I'm gonna say this much, Banks. I'm gonna say the reasoning why. And I and I had to look at a lot of highlights and I had to look at a lot of film on Kyle Pitts. And I don't know if Derrico was able to look at what what I looked at. But let me tell you something, Banks, just from a standpoint of just crisp, fundamentally sound. Number one, you can't coach size. Okay, you can't coach size and you can't coach speed. But when I looked at this guy on tape running routes, when I looked at this guy in college, he already looked like he was making NFL type plays in college banks. And that's the reason they're saying that, that he, this kid is a sure bet. Um, he's 6'6, six, six, he's 245 pounds. He's probably going to get a little bigger with the frame he has. He's probably going to put on a little more weight. But when you see this kid do stuff, you don't, you don't normally see kids in college do some of the things that he's done. The route running that he he ran in college was absolutely ridiculous, number one. Number two, where they line him up on the field, to take somebody that big and to line him up in the slot and to line him up outside and then to bring him back in and, and put him down in the three-point stance and have him run routes out of that was absolutely ridiculous. Kid high points the ball like he's been doing this forever. I mean, his stretch – the way he goes out and digs and routes and go. I mean, it's just uh, the list goes on and on and on and on, Banks. Um, and that's why I think a lot of commentators and a lot of scouts was just in love with him because there, there's literally not a lot of weaknesses in this guy's game. I mean, like I said, you can line him up in the slot. How many guys do you see 
in the NFL at 6'6", 245 pounds that you can actually put out there as slot receiver and can actually dig slot receiver route trees. That's ridiculous. Go ahead, Deco. I bet you I bet you can't say Levine to Lolo. I bet you can't. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But so you see, now, so you see, so you see the difference in that. The difference, the difference well, in that. That's the same. That is, that's the that, same that body is type. A good difference, but when you already calling him better than Antonio Gates, no, you know, that's like, now, know well, hold that. on, now listen. If you're talking <laughs> about that, then you're already saying that when you come in your first year, I need to see a thousand yards. No, I don't know. No, no, absolutely well, not. I'm not okay. putting those expectations. I mean, I know. Hold on, Banks. Let me finish. I know there are a lot of people that are probably putting those expectations on this kid. I'm not. I'm not. There is a learning curve in the NFL for everyone. Okay, there are a very, very small few guys that come from make the leap from college into the NFL and just ball out. It's very, very hard to do. So, with that being said. I think this guy is going to excel. I think he's going to have a, a good rookie year, but I don't think you'll see this kid hit his stride until, like you say, he's 20 years old. You know, I say this all the time, and I joke about it. You don't even get grown man strengths until you're about 23, 24 years old. Right. So the dude has a lot of room to grow, and he could actually still physically grow height-wise, and they'll probably put some more body mass on him. So there's a lot of upside to this guy. He has a lot of already physical attributes that are a plus, and he can also do a lot of things on the field that you can't really ask of guys his size. So I think that's where you're seeing a lot of these expectations coming from, uh, uh, Banks. Derrico, did you want to add on to that? No, I think you, you nailed it. I mean, go ahead and finish it up, Leo. Who, who do you feel like was <laughs> the best? Finish it up. And, uh, finish it up. <laughs> I'm, 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 trying to, I'm trying to point guard here. I'm trying to point guard. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. Wait. So, so look, so out of all, so we'll, we'll go over the draft picks in just a second before we wrap the show up, and we'll definitely have to come back and do another segment and talk about this on an, on another podcast, man, because I know we 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 went into a spill about a whole bunch of other different things in in, in conversation. So, the the last pick, the round six, pick three, man. I mean, uh, the six, uh, round six pick. Um, 187th overall, I think. Frank Darby, wide receiver out of Arizona State, man. I like that kid's energy, man. Like, real talk, man. For a six-round pick, I mean, he was just loving life, man. He he had a ball. Um, when they when they interviewed him, man, he he just he he had no worries. I mean, the kid is happy to be here in Atlanta and to get drafted, man. I think that is gonna be the most relaxed kid you see. And depending on how the coaching staff treats him, man, he's just gonna go out there and do his thing, man. Whether it's special teams or he gets out on the field with the offense. Go ahead, Banks. <laughs> when I saw him doing his interview for the press conference, man, the man was full of energy. I'm talking about he had every answer to every question and he was just so excited. I hope it translates on the field. But at the same token, man, it's just something about him, man. I just kept looking at his highlights and looking what kind of guy he is. He's very animated, and he's very animated. And I think – You got to promote yourself. Got to promote yourself. Absolutely. You know, and he's coming from Arizona State. He's coming from Arizona State, a school that no one really, you know, paid attention to in the Pac-12. But I will say this. When he was there, he balled. And when he – you know, he was wondering – where he would get drafted at. They was telling this man that he was going to be undrafted. And all of a sudden, he was picked at six rounds. So this man was already coming in like, you know what? I know I'm better than this. I know I'm better than this. So 
I like that energy from him. I really do. And that uh. was kind of like the one that kind of stood out to me uh, interview-wise. All the rest of them yes. was kind of like, you know, they they, they was they basically telling you what you want to hear. But I, I think you. Darby was really, like, really to himself. So, and he was like, yeah, this is me. All right, so cool. we're going to wrap this up here, man. I'm going to go through the draft picks here, um, all of the Falcons draft picks really, really quickly, and I'm going to get you guys grades before we head out. And, Banks, we'll definitely come back. I know you have a lot more to say about this draft class and a lot more to talk about with this team. Um, and, and so we'll definitely revisit this. Uh, but so let's go through the draft pack, uh, the draft picks. Uh, obviously we know number one, uh, the Falcons took Kyle Pitts tight end. Second round, they went safety and they took a kid out of, uh, University of Central Florida, Richie Grant. Third round, they took Jalen Mayfield, uh, offensive, let's call him offensive lineman because I think I heard that he, he played old tackle, but he could actually slide in the guard as well. Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan, uh, round four. Um, Darren Hall, cornerback out of San Diego State. Uh, and also in round four, we picked Drew Dahlman, uh, who was an offensive lineman. Uh, round five, Taquan Graham, defensive tackle out of Texas. Also in round five, they took a DN out of Notre Dame. I'm not going to even attempt to pronounce his name. Uh, I want to say a Gunjale, something a like gun, that. Maybe a, we'll come. A Gunjale. A Gunjale. Uh, round five as well, man. 183 overall. Avery Williams, cornerback out of Boise State. That that kid is a another special teams guy who was a punt returner, kick returner. I saw some highlights on him, so I'm, I'm looking forward to see what he can do, uh, special team wise. And then also rounding out the picks is Frank Darby, wide receiver out of Arizona State. So before we wrap up the show here, man, I'm gonna kick it over to you, Derek Cole. Uh, overall, uh, your opinion after looking uh, with the Falcons. Uh, give your grade on on what you think the Falcons did in this draft. I'm gonna give them a A minus, A minus, solid A minus, solid yeah, A minus from Jericho. I like, I like. All I like, right. I, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. No, I was just gonna say I just like how they kind of stayed true to who they wanted. I don't think they they got nervous and tried to jump up and get anybody. And I do like the fact that they did trade down one time, which was out of the norm. All right, Banks, kick it over to you. Uh, go ahead, man. Give me a final grade. I'm going to give it a B plus. Um, I guess a B plus because they didn't really go after a receiver like I thought. Not excuse me, a running back like I thought they were. Um, I wasn't really hoping that we would go with Davis as I started running back, but I trust in them. I think they know more than me, um, but to that I will say my favorite pick was Jalen Mayfield. Okay, cool. I'm gonna give the Falcons. A, I'm gonna give the Falcons an A uh, for this draft. I think they filled some needs. I think they got some some guys that were uh, best player available, and I think we're gonna see some good things out of these guys, man. So starting out the Terry Fontenot era, Arthur Smith era, I, I think it, it it went pretty well. So. We we'll just have to see where these picks and and for the for the record, man, we got to give these guys some time. Like Banks, you said, I mean, coming out, you can't just expect for these guys to be killers off the rip. Some of them might, and I I'm, I welcome that, but we have to give them a little bit of time to develop, especially some of the later round picks. So I'm looking forward to it. So guys, we're gonna close out, man. This has been another edition of Leo G Show, man. I want to thank everybody that's been listening to the show and uh been giving us good and positive feedback. You can always reach out to the show uh, at the Leo G Show. The number one on Twitter. Also follow us on Facebook and 
of course we are on youtube as well if you're listening to the audio podcast uh try us on youtube like follow and subscribe over there um shout out to a lot of people that's been uh hitting me up uh my favorite dj dj aro shout out to uh big rob as always uh reggie over there at gold food uh you know, everybody that's been supporting the show, man. Derrico, man, how can everybody get at you, man? Hey, they can catch me on IG at Derrico underscore Virgo. They can catch me at VSU96SDD on the Twitter. And if you're lucky enough, you can find me on Facebook at Stacy D Derrico. All right, Banks. Uh, let everybody know where they can get you. Uh, take it off of mute. Take it off mute. Sorry about that, guys. It's Antoine Jarrell Banks on Facebook. <laughs> it's Baby Banks 80 on Instagram and Baby Banks 80 on Twitter. And hit me up, please. I'll oh. be will we'll respond to you. So, so you thought you had muted me while I was talking. That's what it was. I got you. I got you. It's all good, man. It's all good. Man, I got to go up here and check on my son, man. I don't know what happened with that. Uh, I don't know if that's even going to make it into the podcast, but that was crazy. So I got to definitely go up here and see what's going on with that. It's been another edition of the Leo G Show, man. We're going to be out, y'all.